Thank you for joining us. In our relationships, particularly with family and close friends, we mean well when we say something, yet sometimes our words offend or we say hurtful things we wish we had not said. Once words are spoken, they cannot take them back. Even when we admit our wrongdoing, apologize, and ask for forgiveness, the words not forgotten. If only we would always ask God to guard our tongue and compel us to think before we speak. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts how to communicate God's way. A family that prays together stays together. Now you need to write that down. It's old, but it's true. Why don't y'all say amen? That's why y'all having problems. Y'all don't pray enough. There are going to be issues. Let's stop and pray right now. They come in your room talking, or you can talk at a game, pray on halftime. Listen, when they're on the way to school, you take them to school. Or did you, we used to take our kids to Christian school and, until my son wanted to play football, and that, t- that school, Christian school, didn't have it. So, uh oh, we had to release them to public school. I said, okay, you can go. Y'all can go. We released them. I said, I'd rather have y'all in public school under my roof so I can check y'all out. You can go. But, but when we drove, they were locked in in seat belts. And I can talk about God all the way to the school. I can pray on them all the way to the school. And I had the door on lock. They couldn't get out. They locked in. They in prison. They can't go anywhere unless they're going to break the window or something. You, you put the child lock on a 16-year-old. Look. Pray them all the way there and pray them all the way home. Pray until when you die, all they can hear is mama's prayer. You pray to when that daddy die, oh, I heard my, I still remember my grandma Emma pray. She died when I was about uh, 15, 16 years old. And I could still hear her in a crackly voice praying to God as I was a child. A family that prays together stays together. Number four, to communicate Effectively, you must guard against negative body language. To communicate effectively, you must guard against uh, negative body language. Some of y'all are good at that. Some of y'all say, I don't cuss my husband out. I don't cuss my husband out. But your language is bad. Your language is bad. You rolling your eyes. You telling someone to talk to the hand. You pointing your finger. Don't you put your hand in a person's face. Don't do that. You set yourself up for, you talking about a fight, a physical fight. Ladies, your husband may not have ever hit you before. And he shouldn't ever hit you. But you raise the level of being hit when you get in his face and point your finger in his face. Because if you catch him on a bad day, you may have a missing tooth. Because he got flesh. Now, he shouldn't do it. Is it wrong? Yeah, he's wrong. But don't, don't put your hand. And he shouldn't be putting his hand in your face. And don't, and don't you get in his face. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me really. You hear me? You don't talk that. Your, your wife is not your child. Your husband is not your child. Put your hands down. Put them down. Body language. Crossing your arm. Sighing. <laughs> Shutting down for a week and won't even talk. You text. 
you slam the door, go into the garage, and it make the whole house shake. Things, pictures are falling off the wall because you mad. Pow! You say, I can't hit her, but I'm going to slam this door so hard she thinks she's been hit. He thinks, he thinks he's been hit. <laughs> and body length. Don't put your hands on your hip and let your backbone slip. Do <laughs> you get on the phone? Honey, I told him. He won't ever say that to me again. When I got through with him, he, he went on to work. <laughs> Proverbs, I got a scripture for you. Proverbs 6, 12 through 14. I'm talking about communicating God's way. That's why we needed a part two. Says, what are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars. Signaling their deceit with a wink of the eye, a nudge of the foot, and a wiggling of the finger. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constant stir up trouble. You trouble coming. You talk in such a way that you make trouble with your words. Your words are just vicious. Number five. Never use profanity or vulgar language toward your family members. Never, never, never use profanity or vulgar language toward family members in the workplace, social gatherings, or anywhere else. Never. Colossians 3 8 says, But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. It says, Put it off. Don't put it on. It's already on for many people. Take it off. Put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Now park right here. Park right here. Y'all, this is Maranatha Bible Church. I'm preaching from the Bible. Filthy language out of your mouth. Underline that. Filthy language out of your mouth. Beloved, what kind of speech is coming out of your mouth? Is it God-honoring or is it filthy, shameful, corrupt language? You must dare to be different and refuse to conform to peer pressure by speaking degrading language to those around you. Never cuss your children out. I know they make you mad. I know they get on your nerves. But don't cuss them out. Because one day they might turn around when they get big and muscular and they may try and cuss you out. You taught them how to cuss. You misrepresent Christ when you're cussing. You know what you do? You show just how limited your vocabulary really is. People who cuss got a real short vocabulary. They need to do a word study so they can embellish and enhance and augment their vocabulary. They saying all these words, words, but you know, that's all they know. They can't speak fluently intelligently they put the limit vocabulary on display you become a poor testimony before your children which also cause them to pick up your filthy language 
It puts the other person on the defensive and it never accomplishes anything good. Because profanity has so saturated our society in the movie industry, television, radio, politics, music, internet, and social media, many Christians have become desensitized and even use it without any sense of conviction, which hinders the light of Christ from shining through you. You have to ask God to wash your dirty heart and your dirty mouth. And the reason mouth is dirty is the heart is dirty. Out of the heart comes forth what's out of the mouth. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. That word edification for building people up, not tearing people down. Building your child up. I'm so glad you're my child. You're my child. I love you, son or daughter, more than you know. And I know you, one day, you'll be what God wants you to be. You're already becoming. Now, it's going to be a while getting there, but, but you're going to get there. And I want to let you know right now, I want to affirm the fact that you're going in the right direction. When your child do, does anything good, don't find something negative. You made an A in algebra, but you didn't make your bed. Well, concentrate on the A in algebra. Deal with the not making up the bed later. You understand? No, don't throw the negative in with the positive. If they made an A, then stay with the A. Don't, don't go to the one C. Yeah, but look down here at this C. You know you could have done that. He made five A's in one C, and you hopping on the C, and then say nothing about the five A's. You gripe or you? Edifying, that it may import grace to the hearers. When the heart is corrupt, the words from your mouth will also be corrupt because you speak what you think. You speak what you think. Number six, guard against speaking words of flattery for the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Now, that's big. Guard against what? Flattery. Guard against flattery. For the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Your words mean absolutely nothing if your motives are sinful and self-centered. Your words means absolutely nothing if your motive is all defiled. Your words means absolutely nothing if your motives are sinful and self-centered. First uh, Thessalonians 2, 5 says, never once did we try to win you with flattery. As you well know, and God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. That's how some w- women are one. They'll want to flatter that man, some man, and they said all this nice stuff that you want to hear. You cute, you fine, uh, you smart, you this, you that. I like the fact you're a Christian. You know, they just saying all that stuff. And they're just setting you up because not all of them. And, and, and men do and women does women will do it too. You know, and then they'll they'll flatter, flatter, flatter until you just give in and give them what they want. And once they get what they want, they, they revert back to the mold to their old selves. Beloved, words of flattery with hidden agendas are deceitful. It's cunning. And crafty for the purpose of self-gain. Flattery is cunning and crafty for the purpose of self-gain. 
People flatter others to control them. They flatter others to get sex. They flatter others for money, for entrapment, to get a position from the boss or somebody in authority, to get power, to gain power. You cannot glorify God and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. You cannot glorify Christ and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. Number seven, there must be a level of trust to have effective communication in the family. There has to be a level of what? Trust. Proverbs 31.11a says, Proverbs 31.11a says, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Look at that. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and even vice versa. A lack of trust creates a barrier in how we relate to one another. When you don't trust, there goes the relationship, there goes the communication, there goes everything. Communication fails where there's a lack of trust. Communication fails when there's a lack of trust. Healthy marriages and relationships are built on loyalty. My wife and I, this past Tuesday, celebrated 42 years of marriage. And we, and we stayed together. We've been there together. We said, we look at each other. How did we stay married that long? Number one, it was Lord. Number two, it was commitment. It was faithfulness. And it was trust. She, I, I can go anywhere. And, uh, and she trusts me. She can go. I don't ask her when you come back. Tell me where you've been. How long you were there. And why were you there? Who did you talk to? Why did you talk to him that long? That was two minutes too long now. Come on. Come on. When, when, you, when your relationship is secure, you don't ask all those kinds of questions. A lack of trust creates a barrier in how we relate to each other. Communication fails where there's a lack of trust. Healthy marriages and relationships are built on loyalty, commitment, and trust, which creates a loving environment for good communication. Marriage is built on trust. On trust. A person that's not used to lying, they dead giveaway when they lie. Even when I'm playing, you know, I can play with my staff. I can play with my wife. Just, just a playful mood. And they say, oh, Pastor, you know, you, I, I give, I'm a giveaway. They can just look at my face. Oh, Pastor, you chucking and jiving. Because they, they, they throw in their head, I, I can't do it because I'm not used to lying. I can't even play lie. But that ought to be good. Some of y'all lying so long, you're a smooth liar. Smooth. Your wife got to fast three weeks to figure out whether you, whether you were telling the truth or telling the lie. Oh, petitioning God, Lord, is this a lie or is it the truth from it? That's a shame. She ought to be praying about the world and diseases and viruses. She's praying three weeks trying to figure out, are you telling the truth? Number eight, husbands and wives will communicate better if they just relax and enjoy each other's presence rather than always focusing on issues. Just relax and enjoy each other's presence. I, I declare, my wife and I, we, 
we go into hotels and stuff, and we, we sometimes we have to call, call security, call downstairs. I mean, they have a knockdown drag outs. You know, you can have, you can go on a vacation and have the biggest fight on vacation. You on this cruise, you're gonna pay ten thousand dollars, and you come back huffing and puffing, and you, you. he make me sick. All this money cruising, you in Hawaii, and you no enjoyment, can't hold hands, and you sure not going any further. Why y'all laughing? I didn't say nothing, did I? <laughs> Everything's gone. Out the window, gone. You have more interaction with your cell phone with you than with your husband on vacation. On vacation. Oh, God. You didn't just get, you've been tight all year long. You've been doing this and that. You've been going, y'all been zipping and zapping. I know sometimes you got to have to talk about issues, but, but a lot of times, when you're on a vacation, take a vacation from the issues too. Y'all need to write that down. That's so practical that you miss it. When you're on vacation, go on and take, oh, you know what? I got 15 things we got to work out while we on vacation. Oh, please. Don't go there now. <laughs> Time out. 15. You build a healthy marriage and communication by spending quality time together. There are occasions when you, the whole family ought to get together and go somewhere. Go on a ride, go on a trip, go to Disney, go drive off to Colorado, drive somewhere. You know, get time in the car, you know, have time, go to Carpus, go somewhere. All the children, load them up and take Lassie too. Lassie going now. You know, Lassie go everywhere. Lassie sleep. He go to the hotel. Lassie's at H-E-B. You know, Lassie's in the basket. I mean, I was at H-E-B and I see these dogs in the basket. What did I do? I told, the, I told the, the, the manager, I said, manager, there's a dog in the basket. That's a dog. No, I'm going to do something. The dog screaming and screaming. He's really in all down there. And then you got to come back and put your child in that same seat. Put the meat in there where that dog been sitting. That's the flea hanging onto your child's diaper. <laughs> you need some sanitizer. Give me something. You got to scrub the basket down. You got to scrub the hammer down. Get the dog hair out. Just to put your baby in there. <laughs> okay. Where did I leave off? When you walk away, you lose your place, you know. <laughs> yeah, there are occasions when you should have family time, but you must also have one-on-one -on -one time with your spouse. You need to identify some things that you enjoy doing together. I don't enjoy nothing. I, I we have, it, you got people, we divorcing on incompatibility. Well, why was that incompatibility when you, when you were dating. Nothing was incompatible. Didn't you get married? Nothing's compatible. For example, spending time together, just a hubby and wife. Find a babysitter if you got children and be, be committed to date nights. You need to find a couple of safe babysitters. We had to do it. 
Safe. Say safe. They have to be safe. Not safe. You got to look at them. Don't just look at them one time and say, they, oh, they look like they're all right. No, you got to spend time with them. You got to hang with them. You got to go do things with them. You got to look at them, figure them out. Now, they got to be safe. Find a safe babysitter and then go on date nights. Some of y'all say, I don't know what to do. Let me give you a list so I can move that element out the way. Go out to dinner and a movie. Read a book together. These are just various options. Go on walk. Go exercise together and lose five pounds. Travel together. Just sitting together having an ice cream cone in the mall. Watching folk pass by. Why don't you cook something together? My wife showed me how to cook tuna. Make tuna. I was putting, trying to put this and this. I was, I was trying to take the thing. Look how y'all, y'all love. Y'all get real quiet. <laughs> I was trying to get the, the can open. I, well, first of all, I didn't know what a can opener was. And I was just, that's, I was already in problem. You know, we don't even know what a can opener is. I said, let's cook them. Let's do some tuna together. I already boiled the eggs. I could do that. You know, I, you know, I got the, and then I was putting the thing in there and I was trying to get the thing to work. Just trying to get it to work. I said, she said, uh, Randy, have you tried plugging up? I said, oh my goodness. Are you right? I was ready to go. I was ready to leave that place and go on back. I said, how much mayonnaise you put in there? How much? She said, you get a good little this and a little that. And a little this, a little that. I said, look how much. How much? And when I ate that tuna, it was so bitter. <laughs> but we didn't fight over it. She was patient with me. I need, I need a tuna lesson. You trying to eat <laughs> So, so uh, cook something together. Uh, play games together. Drink coffee and tea together in bed at the table. You can drink your tea or coffee on the couch, sitting outdoors together. What I said, sitting outdoors together and just watching the stars. You might find a big dipper. What about bike ride together? I don't ride bikes. I might fall. I might fall. What about going to concert? Just sit yourself down. You, go, you don't get vertigo that way. Go to concert. Sp- what about sporting events? I don't like football. Go to baseball. I don't like baseball. Go to basketball. I don't like basketball. But what do you like? Go to the zoo. See the elephant. Look at the... Look at the tusk. Look at that. Look at the big ears. Go to the rodeo. We just had the rodeo. Go to the rodeo. Walk the grounds. Sit down and reminisce about your favorite memories in your marriage. Why don't you just both of you go get pampered together? Just go get pampered. Just lay out. Get pampered. Both of y'all. Man, you know your, your feet all rusty and hard. She can't, she can't, don't, don't, you can't, you gonna touch her and you scratch it all the way down. All the way down, just scratch it. Get those hard nails cut. Put some, let me put some lotion on there. Put some oils on there. You need a whole lot on that foot. I ain't going there. Yes, you do. You need to go. Get those calluses down. You.
happen together. Travel to a safe, quiet, beautiful place for a picnic. A picnic? You can be in your backyard. Or won't you just take a, a staycation? Respite. You can just one in town. I like those. A staycation respite in town. You, you don't have to worry about driving 400 miles. Just go somewhere and just park and enjoy. Be mindful that you do not have to spend a lot of money to enjoy each other. 1 Peter 4, 8a says, above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. Number nine, last but not the least, you will never effectively communicate with others if you harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. You will never effectively communicate with each other if you harbor what? Unforgiveness and what? Bitterness in your heart. Ephesians 4.31a and 32 says, get rid of all bitterness. Underline that. Get rid of all bitterness. Verse 32. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You cannot have a meaningful conversation with others until you first repent and have been delivered by the Lord from the stronghold of bitterness and unforgiveness. This will enable you to communicate in a way that pleases our Lord. You really emulate Christ when you forgive those who have hurt you deeply. You look so much like Christ when you forgive the husband for something he did to you 13 years ago or four years ago or vice versa, the wife. When you love Christ so much that you want to be like him in forgiveness. Luke 23, 34 says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. On the cross, as they were crucifying him, as he was dying to atone the sins of the very one who, who put him on the cross. And not only them, but for all who would trust him alone by faith through grace. He said, Father, forgive him. They're killing me. They're murdering me. I just did your will. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. In closing, the best way to communicate effectively is to practice, is to practice Psalms 1914. Is to practice Psalms 1914. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.